with a look back over the weekend sports action. This is Full Time on KCLR with Sinead Kyo. Welcome along to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Hope you're all well on this Monday evening. Uh, we've got a jam-packed show for you coming up over the next hour. Lots lots going on uh, over the weekend uh, with rugby, with golf, with GAA. So lots to talk about and dissect. Coming up on the show today, uh, I'll be talking to PGA professional and host of Tree Off the Tea podcast, Harry uh, Ewing. Uh, we'll also catch up with former Leinster rugby captain, Chris Pym to dissect Ireland's win over England in the Six Nations on Saturday. Uh, that's all to come. Uh, but now, earlier on today, I spoke to Gary Kyo and he was telling me about um, the grant that was awarded to his club, the Marble City Boxing Club. Um, and they were awarded the uh, Texaco Support for Sport Award uh, for 2022. Um, and I started off by asking Gary what kind of an impact the €5,000 grant will have on the club um, you know we have a, a specific room inside the club um, it, it houses all the old um, workings of the old swimming pool and you know we're looking at turning that into a kind of a community gym um, a high performance gym for our kind of juvenile youth boxers coming through just to provide a pathway for them uh, through to the senior ranks and then look obviously with the renovation of that room we can obviously accommodate for more members we can take on more boxers um, and we can we can cater for more people throughout the community that just want to come in and, and just get fit. Um, so, look, any kind of funding at all um, or support from businesses or anything, you know, it's, it's always much appreciated. But, uh, look, it's, it's nice to see the club um, gain recognition from a national um, point of view and the Texaco support for sport. It's a massive award. Um, you know, it's, we're only the second boxing club ever um, to receive it. Um, the last club in Riverstown down in County Cork last year um, so yeah look it's absolutely fantastic Yeah it's brilliant especially for boxing because I don't think any sport suffered as much during the pandemic as, as boxing because it was a double whammy in the sense that it's a contact sport it's also an in, indoor sport as well so unlike GAA and soccer and other outdoor sports they were still able to kind of train uh, whereas you know boxing was, was shut down for a prolonged period of time so I, I don't know um, is it the case with your club, Gary. Like, have you have you had to do a lot of rebuilding now? Is this kind of where the rebuilding starts? Well, look, um, we we were fortunate enough through the pandemic. Um, the coaches in the club look they're they're absolutely fantastic. They came up with multitude of ways um, to keep the boxers interested and to just keep them involved in the club. So during the, the COVID pandemic, we managed to run um, Zoom sessions. Uh, so we gathered former elite champions and former uh, professional boxers from Ireland and we got them to come on as special guests to our Zoom sessions and it was just a different type of training it was something new it was something fresh and the boxers they really enjoyed those sessions um, and it just kept them going through a very very difficult period in time look it's it's two years now um, since we actually got to competitively box um, so it was a long long time and we managed to keep we managed to keep an awful lot of the boxers and just through various programs and initiatives that we implemented and um, through the pandemic and yeah look at the the, the the grand funding and everything it, it, uh, it's fantastic and it will it will go to huge redevelopments in the club and um, to continue to um, increase our participation levels but um no the club look the club did very very well um, it was a it was a struggle and we did lose some good, some very good talented boxers um, obviously because as you said yourself there, boxing been an indoor sport and a very close contact sport. 
uh, we were hit very hard. Uh, we weren't allowed in the premises. We were kept out of the boxing club for near on 18 months. Um, we did an awful lot of outdoor training uh, in car parks, uh, under bridges, various locations, anywhere we could train and just keep the lads going. So, yeah, look, it's, it's brilliant to be back indoors. Yeah, and it's um, it's interesting, like, you know, that you say that as well, you know, that you're able to kind of take the positives from that whole experience because, like you were saying there, you had, had to kind of change it up a little bit and get creative and that's never a bad thing either. No, absolutely not. Look, it was a challenging period in time, as we said. Um, we had to come up with very creative ideas to try and keep the lads interested. The last thing we wanted was to see a lot of very talented young lads that we had in the club disappear from the sport. Um, our, our aim is just to keep those young lads that are coming in the doors from nine years of age and to still have them there at 18, 20 years of age to be able to box at senior level. Um, and we're getting there. We have a, we have a nice squad coming um, and we, we were delighted that we managed to keep those younger boxers. Um, they've missed out. Look, they've missed out in two years of competitive boxing. But uh, we're only a few weeks away from championships now and those, many of those lads will get to box in their first championship. Um, so that's, that's, that's a positive to take from it all. Yeah, definitely. Um, just to kind of touch on Michael Conlon's bout there last night as well. Um, he was boxing for a world title. He'll be very disappointed not to have uh, got a victory there because he was dominant for, for most of that fight last night. He was. Look, Michael Conlon, as, as everyone knows, he, he's well-renowned. Uh, he's a fantastic ambassador for, for Irish boxing. He was very unlucky last night. Um, for for eleven rounds, he was he was up, I think, on all the scorecards. Um, he he boxed it to a tremendous game plan. Um, but I suppose Lee Wood, he, you have to take your hat off to him too. Um, he's a very game tough opponent. Uh, he set his feet. Um, he lined up the perfect shot and uh, he executed it uh, in the twelfth round to hold on to his uh, WBA featherweight world title. But I've no doubt. Look, Michael Conlon, he's he, there's levels to the game, and he he is a top he's a top level competitor. So I've no doubt that he will come back, and he will get his hands on a world title. Um, but look, it was disappointing from an Irish point of view because you'd love to have seen him um, take that world title. He's he's been around a long time, and he's been performing at the very very highest level of the sport. Yeah, and like he's a, an Olympic medal winner, and he's he'd ha- he's had a lot of disappointments, a lot of results haven't gone his way through absolutely no fault of his own. And um, just something I wanted to to ask you about um, as well, Gary. Like I noticed, just kind of in the the lead up to this fight, there was very little kind of national media coverage, which is surprising. Like I said, considering he's an Olympic medal winner, um, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that in terms of why it didn't get the coverage? Do you think uh, it has anything to do with maybe Conlon's association now with, with MTK? I'm not entirely sure, to be honest with you, Sinead. I, I think an awful lot of it is Mike Conlon, he's not training in Ireland. You know, he, he's he's not training here at home, so he's not picking up on, you know, different media days and, and, and various different um, events here in Ireland. He based himself in England full time, um, so... You know, I suppose the national broadcasting it wouldn't be travelling up to England. Uh, I suppose, look, as, as everyone is well aware, um, probably the NTK links maybe doesn't help him. But uh, I think it's more so just that he, he's not here. He's not in the, the public eye uh, as often. So you often see an awful lot of the Irish boxers, the likes of Eric Donovan and, and various boxers that are doing very well. They seem to gain an awful lot of national attention because they're training here in Dublin. You know, they're training, they're based at home. So mm. it's much easier for the broadcasters and media, the various media outlets to pick up on the kind of training and 
maybe visit them while they're in camp. Um, whereas I suppose it's a, a lot more expensive to travel over to England and to America to follow Michael. Yeah, um, and like that's like I, I touched on the MTK thing there, and I think like you know with that's professional boxing, and obviously amateur boxing is is a completely different sport. But do you think that say for the ordinary lay person that maybe they they don't always make that distinction? I, yeah, look, there's there's no doubt about it. the amateur game has suffered. Um, whether kind of those links are the reason behind the suffering, I, I'm not so sure. I think it's more from boxing itself. It's its own governance. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's major down, downfall. Um, you know, an awful lot of people are turned off the sport because, you know, they watch events like the Olympics and they see bad decisions and, you know, they kind of associate um, boxing with just corruption. So a lot of people seem to kind of zone out and just don't follow the sport because, you know, an awful lot of young lads, they, they give their entire lives for the sport um, and then to be cruelly denied Olympic glory or world title glory because of, you know, a few corrupt individuals sitting around a, a judging table. Um, I think the sport has more so suffered um, from internal affairs than anything else. I think that the sport has damaged itself. Mm. And and what do you think needs to happen then from a governance uh, point of view? Well, I, I suppose, look, as I've seen now in the, the lead up to the 2028 Olympics, they're talking about boxing being excluded um, from the Olympics. And that would be an absolute major blow. Boxing has never been out of the Olympic Games. So if it were to be expelled from the Games, I'm sure there'd have to be an internal review of its governance. And there would be, have to be radical changes in order to make sure that they're not missing out on any more than just the one Olympic Games. Um, so... Look, I know everyone loves boxing and in the Olympics, but uh, maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea if it, uh, if it was expelled for one Olympic Games or cycle, just to clear everything up and maybe to uh, you know improve their internal governance structure. Yeah, um, maybe and like like you said, that would be you'd hate to see it come to that. But then something radical probably does need to happen in order for um, boxing just to kind of, I suppose, reinvent itself um, in in some way. Um, well, listen, Gary, thanks so much for chatting to us. I'm on full time today, and um, again, congratulations on that funding that's coming your way, and hopefully we'll we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks very much for nice, that. Thanks, thanks so much, Gary. We'll chat to you again. That was Gary Kyo there uh, from the Marble City Boxing Club telling us about how they have become the recipients of the Texaco Support for Sport Award 2022. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break now, but coming up after the break, we're going to be uh, speaking to PGA professional and host of Tree Off The Tee podcaster um, about that wonder hole-in-one that was achieved by Shane Lowry in Florida uh, just there last night. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Um, now, I'm delighted to be joined on the line by PGA professional and host of the Tree Off the Tee podcast, uh, Harry Ewing, to chat about that amazing hole-in-one in Florida yesterday by our very own Shane Lowry. But before we chat to Harry, uh, let's remind ourselves now of what happened in Florida last night. All right, Shane Lowry off the tee. Pitching wedge, so just a little bump with one. Saw off the finish. Line's good. It's coming back. Oh, here we go. (laughs) 
17. Paul, we said it. We said that that front hole location, you might very well see an ace today. Well, that's one of the best reactions you're ever going to get. That is tremendous. Well, this guy knows how to celebrate, right? He celebrated the kind of jug like no one's ever had, no one ever has. And so, look at that face. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, look at that face. Any excuse for a pint? <laughs> Yeah, great stuff there uh, from Shane Lowry uh, yesterday. Um, and as I said, I'm joined on the line now by uh, Harry Ewing. Harry, uh, what about that hole-in-one for Shane Lowry on the 17th yesterday? Yeah, no, absolutely. Look, it was it was magic, to be honest. Uh, you know, for anyone listening to that audio there now, I'd recommend them to actually go and watch the video clips. It's been shared widely on social media today. But um, yeah, fantastic moment. It's one of the most iconic par trees on the on the golf circuit on the on the PGA Tour um, and fantastic for her own Shane Lowry to have that moment and, and as only he can do and a lot of the Irish guys they know how to how to celebrate and he really celebrated in style but a, a very special moment and uh, you know really put him in a position uh, going out today to try and actually win this tournament it hasn't quite gone his way over the last hour now as he starts his final round He's made a bit of a backwards move and, and the leaderboard is very hot up at the top end. But he'll have that moment for the rest of his career and it will be replayed many, many times in the future. Yeah, and just to kind of put into a little bit of uh, context then as well, just how how rare it is. I think it's only the 10th ace at the 17th in, in the, the history of the players. So it really is extraordinary. It's an extraordinary thing to have happened. Yeah, it is really, and 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 for those that might have looked at the tournament a couple of nights previously, like they had, they've had horrendous weather there over the last few days, and that's why we're still trying to get this tournament finished on a Monday evening here Irish time. But you know, if you looked at the tournament, I think in the second round, uh, whenever they tried to get the second round done, I'm, I'm lost for days now. But like that par three was was disastrous for people. The wind and, and Obviously, the temperatures and everything was completely alien to what you'd experience in, in Florida, and there was more balls going in the water than were going on the green. And, and for a hole that's not that terribly long in distance, at 123 yards, I think it played for Shane's hole in one last night. So it's not that big of a challenge for the players, but you put in a mixture of, of poor weather and a bit of wind, and, and it's an island green, Sinead, so that makes all the difference. It's either it lands on, on dry land or, or it's wet, I suppose. So, um, yeah, no, look, it was it was magic. And, and like I said, it was great to see one of our own do it. And, and Shane knows how to celebrate. So, again, uh, anyone, go and have a look at that clip. It's, it's, it'll bring a smile to your face, that's for sure. Yeah, he definitely knows how to, to celebrate. And um, even with the, the commentators there in that little clip that we played, they commented on that. The Irish know how to enjoy themselves, definitely. Um, but uh, you were saying there, uh, Harry, that things aren't going as well for him today, but still... Still, he's in a he's in a good position, better position um, than he was certainly before he, um, you know, he had that that hole in one there there yesterday. So, uh, do you still think he's in contention there for possibly winning the the tournament? Yeah, he's just in the literally Sinead in the last kind of twenty minutes. He dropped a couple of shots on his on the early holes. He's played six holes now of his final rounds. So it's on live there now. If anyone wants to tune in, and unfortunately he's too over par for his first six holes. So it's a bit of a backwards move. And the guys at the top of the leaderboard are really steaming forward. So I'm keeping a close eye on on Shane, but it looks like no, he's down in about 20th position there at the moment. Obviously, Seamus Power, another uh, Irish guy that we need to keep an eye on. He's playing for 
for huge uh, points and money, obviously, with the Masters upcoming, and he's sitting at number 50 in the world rankings, and he needs to stay in that position or move uh, a spot or two up to make sure that he gets to play in his first Masters in just, what, three weeks' time. So there's a lot to play for. There's a huge amount of world ranking points and a huge amount of money on offer in this Players' Championship. But out front at the moment, we're keeping an eye on the Australian Cameron Smith, and he's having an unbelievable start to his final round, and he's gone one shot into the lead there. So I don't think Shane will do it today, but there's still um, plenty to play for, and it's well worth a watch on a Monday night. We don't usually get to watch final round action uh, from America on a Monday night so it's uh, something a bit different yeah and look even if he doesn't um, I, I know you're saying now it's uh, it's it's going to be hard for him to, to win that overall prize but look he still has yesterday and what happened yesterday um, for the for the memory bank anyway but you did mention Seamus Power there um, where does he need to finish now Harry to I suppose to um, open up more opportunities for him to play in, in some of the bigger tournaments where does he need to play yeah like in fairness he's, he's performed very well this week like I said it's been so stop start and, and the weather being so poor but and he's playing under a huge amount of pressure Sinead has been now over the last three weeks he missed the cut in Bay Hill going back uh, was it last weekend yeah and, and missed the cut the weekend before so he's kind of been sitting in that 50th spot for people that don't know the Masters obviously is one of the iconic uh, majors on the men's golfing circuit and it's the first one that comes up at the start of April every year and it's played in the same place people will be familiar with how good Augusta looks in the in the second week of April but Seamus has obviously risen in the world rankings hugely over the last two years and, and that's the reward for that to be 50th in the world gets you an invitation to play in the Masters and, and like that's the next stage of his career is to really start competing in majors so let's hope he can hold on to his position of 50th he only has to hold on to it for two more weeks and, and playing well this week he's in 34 position there now at the moment but if he can just hold his own for the rest of this evening or make a couple more birdies that will do his his chances no harm whatsoever he has the next couple of weeks as well uh, two more tournaments kind of solidify his position in the world rankings but um, yeah I'd be very confident that Seamus can do that he's playing the golf of his life in fairness so it would be great to see him and I just see he's just made a birdie Sinead as I'm Ah. talking to you so he's now jumped up into 21st position so it's all good news for Seamus and it'd be fantastic to see him in Augusta in the second week of April Yeah it's great to see the Irish contingent uh, doing well over there but what about Rory he's kind of struggled to find form yeah, he is. He's he's very up and down, Rory. It's it's hard to know what's going on. I know it's still kind of early season stuff and maybe Rory has obviously people will tend to think that he has eyes elsewhere on the majors and on the masters in a few weeks' time, but you have to scroll a long way down the leaderboard unfortunately to find Rory. He's down there on plus one. It was an achievement in fairness to make the cut after two rounds because when he finished his second round with all those rain delays, it looked as if he was going to miss the cut. But because of the of the poor weather and, and the rain, the cut mark slid out and he managed to kind of squeeze in for the weekend. But he hasn't managed to kind of do anything in his third round or even so far in his final round. So seeing Rory McIlroy down in 50th position on a, on a leaderboard is, is unusual, to be honest. Um, and let's hope maybe that He's just sorting through a few things and, and that the real pinnacle will, will come uh, in Augusta in a few weeks' time. As we all know, he's been trying to win a Masters for a long while now and that would complete the grand slam of majors for Rory McIlroy. So look, there's a lot of pressure in that, I suppose. We, we roll around to the Masters every year and everyone 
asks, will Rory do it this year? And, and look, he's, he's not getting any younger and the competition is, is probably getting better and better. So let's see. We won't lose faith in him yet. He's so much talent and, and so much drive that I'd like to think Rory McIlroy has another few majors in him yet. Yeah, hopefully you'd you'd love to see him kind of um get another one there before, you know, before he retires, but um just the the prize pool as well for this tournament, it's um it's pretty tasty, isn't it? It's obscene is is the word is what it is. Uh, it's funny I was sent you earlier on on the phone off 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 this call that you know, I only came back yesterday from Thailand and I'm caddying on the ladies tour and when you see what the winner of the ladies tournament in Thailand yesterday got was like $240,000, which is not to be sniffed at by any regard, but the total prize fund for the ladies tournament yesterday was 1.6 million of a total prize fund. And here's the men's PGA tour playing for 20 million. So it's some difference. Yes, the players championship is the exactly that, the players championship. And it's the, it's the pinnacle. I suppose outside of the majors, it's it's their it's their next biggest event, and I suppose the PGA Tour want to put in as much prize money as they can to to give it the the elevation that it deserves, I suppose. But you know, when does when does too much money get too much? Twenty million is an obscene amount of money, and uh, you, you just wonder sometimes uh, is it is it too much? Surely they could share it around the world's tours a bit better, or maybe put it to better use. But sure, look, who am I to? Who am I to say, if I was good enough to be able to play for a Sinead, maybe I'd be happy to be winning that kind of money. I know that you were saying there that uh, that it's not looking like, like Shane is going to win it, but I was just thinking to myself, there'd be some party in, in Offaly if he, if he did manage to nab it. Yeah, well, we'll all remember back to the scenes when he won the Open Championship in July of 2019. Now it's, it's uh, going to be coming up on three years now, but... Yeah, uh, Shane's a great guy, very popular guy out on tour amongst his peers um, and like that, look, he, he, he works hard and he plays hard so when he has good times he knows that they don't come along that often in top professional sports so you've got to enjoy those and uh, you could be waiting a while for the next success so look, Shane's still very much in the prime of his golfing career I think he's had, he has a lot more to offer um, he finished eighth here last year, so it was no surprise really to see him get into contention. I'm sure he's very disappointed with his first six holes here so far in the final round. But you know, there's still 12 holes to go. Maybe he can turn it around a bit. But it's a it's a long way back, and to try and catch these guys up to top of the leaderboards, which seem to be kind of running away a bit. Yeah. Well, look, who who knows um, what might happen uh, over over the next um, you know few hours. But uh, yeah, no, he's he's a very affable guy and and very well liked. And I think we're very lucky to be, to have him as well representing us um, on the the world stage. But uh, but Harry, yeah, tell us just a little bit about what you're up to at the moment. I know you mentioned you're you're caddying, so you're kind of um, you're all around the world at the moment. Yeah, the last couple of weeks, it's funny. We just came back this morning. Only landed in at six o'clock this morning, so we two weeks in Asia on the LPGA Tour and obviously we have our own Leona Maguire out there who's performing brilliantly well after getting her first professional win there going back last month and, and again yesterday performed very well in Thailand so I can tell you the heat in Singapore and Thailand was something that I I won't uh, I won't want to experience uh, until it comes around in 12 months time again I can tell you the, the heat and humidity was something else so to get off the plane this morning and feel a little nip in the air was uh, was a thing of beauty. But enjoyable couple of weeks. Um, it went well. My player didn't play 
her best stuff. Marina Alex is an American girl that I'm caddying for. She played steady enough, but wasn't really at the business end of either either event. But Leona played particularly well uh, over the weekend, just gone and, and finished in a tie for 12th position. So, you know, the scoring out on the ladies' tour was phenomenal last week. It really was good. The conditions, as I mentioned, were good. It was very warm, but the, the conditions for actually playing golf and for scoring was, was perfect. But Leona's star continues to rise, in fairness, and while she got her first win, Going back last month, I'm predicting at least uh, another one or, or maybe more throughout the rest of this season. We have a lot of big tournaments coming up on the ladies' tour and uh, people should keep an eye out for Leona because I think uh, you know there's bigger and better things on the way this year. Yeah, definitely. And she's done us so proud um, over over the last couple of weeks and, and months. Um, so it's, it's great to see her doing so well. Uh, well, listen, Harry, thanks so much for chatting to us today. It was lovely chatting to you. And I'll, I'll let you get back to the golf now, um, watching on the TV. But uh, hopefully we'll, we'll chat again soon. Lovely, Sinead. Thanks a million. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Um, so that was Harry Ewing there uh, just chatting to us a little bit about what's going on there in the golfing world and how Shane Lowry is getting on and all of the other uh, Irish players um, as well um, now elsewhere um, in the sporting world just at the weekend there the Kilkenny senior Camogie team drew a cork at the weekend uh, but they were very disappointed that they will be missing out on a league final spot uh, despite not losing any games uh, so far in the league campaign uh, KCLR's Martin Quilty was at that game and he got this reaction from Kilkenny manager Brian Dowling. I look, yeah, we're disappointed not in the league final, but delighted with the performance and the effort of the girls, the character, you know, I suppose has been questioned a few times this year already. I think people have to realise we've lost huge experience in that dressing room, not only this year, but the last couple of years. And we have new girls coming now. And I suppose when the second half there were five points down facing into a gale storm wind and uh to stand up and go ahead of Cork, a very good Cork team, I thought was brilliant. And look, I think we'll hold on to that performance for the rest of the year. Like it's it's a bit crazy to say that we've went through the league unbeaten and we're not not in the knockout stages. It makes no sense to me. But uh, look, it is what it is. We're light with performance. Um, we'll go away now and train hard for the championship. We disappointed at half time playing with that gale force wind and only going in with a one point lead. Yeah, but look, I think it was hard for it to score either either goal. I know we had the win, but. Um, you know, it wasn't easy to score for anybody. You can see Denise was struggling to, to reach the goal with freeze from 40 yards. Like Denise can score from 80, 90 yards. So I think that would be an indicator. I think Carkeem struggled to score from points as well. But that's just the conditions were horrendous out there. You know, when I walked out the pitch at the start of the game, there's puddles of water on the, on the pitch. So look, it wasn't easy out there for anybody and the girls gave it absolutely everything. You talked about the girls' character in this team. Immense to put in a performance like that, especially in the second half. Denise, she may have missed a few, stood up though, took that penalty. My God. What a score! Put your point ahead, then going forward. Just a pity it didn't work out in the end. Yeah, look, she, everyone knows Denise what she can do. She didn't all earn final in twenty twenty. You know, with the pressure really on. So, look, Denise is a is a big time player. She'll do it when she, when when it's really needed. You know, she missed a couple against Clare and she was disappointed. But I never doubt with her there. I knew she'd bury it. So, look, it was a great. Obviously, we needed that goal to, to pull Cork back. And um, look, I said we're disappointed we're not in in the league final. You know, that was we wanted to get there, but. Um, you know, we've a big chunk of training coming up now and we look forward to getting back onto the pitch. A couple of years ago, Parky Reen, same kind of conditions as well. Kellyanne ended up doing her cruciate that day. Don't know what the story is, but what's the update on herself and Grace Welch? Both of them went off and they looked in distress when they were coming off as well. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. Um, I don't, to be honest, I'll be only guessing, but look, look, serious injuries at the moment, but please God, they're not. Um, 
if anyone needs a bit of luck, it's, it's Kelly Ann Dial. Um, actually, down here last year against Wexford, she she did her her shoulder. She somehow managed to play the All Ireland semi final the week after. I don't know how she came back from the last cruise. It's seven months later and played an All Ireland final. You know, against all the odds. So look, Grace is in a hurt her shoulder as well. So hopefully she'll be okay. Um, you know, we're after losing a lot of backs off the team from last year, so we don't we can't afford to lose anymore. So look, please God, um, the girls will be okay, and you know, Nicola and, and Dr. Martin will look after them. You alluded to it earlier on. No league semi-final or quarter-final when it comes to the Division 1 unlike Division 2 and 3. Kind of stupid in a way when you say it that you can go through the league unbeaten and knocked out on scoring difference. Like, you know, I don't want... It's not sour grapes. I said it on the way down. I spoke to other managers in the last couple of weeks and everyone has the same opinion. Like, I just can't understand, like, why the intermediates have a, a quarter-final and semi-final and the senior don't, you know. It just makes no sense, um, you know... We're trying to promote Camogie. The more games, the better. You know, you were there last year, Nolan Park. The two games was at Galway and Cork. Fantastic game. Our, our game against Tip was brilliant as well. You know, like that's what we want. We want to be playing big games all the time. And you know, um, and even there should be quarterfinals as well. We played Limerick last year up up in Borough. Great game. You know, they should have bet us, but they got a great game out of that. You know, if you lose one game in the league, you're gone. You know, and that's it. It's 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 ridiculous. And I just don't understand why there's not extra knockout games. Okay, everyone wants games. You know, I'm sure Cork, Galway are the same. Um, but look, that's that's their their decision I just I, I'd like the reasoning for it because uh, Cork don't have four weeks off now before they play in the league final so you know it's not as if it, it has to be on next week or whatever so I just I don't know what the reasoning for it is and it's disappointing that you know the more games the better really Exactly we have a couple of weeks break now to start the Lampetre Championship I think it was towards the end of April beginning of May before you even start into the Championship proper then in the All-Ireland Series so good bit of time to work and as you say to get the players that's injured back as well yeah, look, I suppose it's kind of hard at the moment to, to train because you're, you're training hard maybe on a Tuesday and then the, the night before the match, you know, we didn't even train. We only trained Tuesday this week. We want to keep the guard fresh for today. Um, you know, it's hard to happen really before a, before a game. So, look, we're looking forward to the clock going forward and the weather hopefully getting a bit better and looking forward to getting a bit of hurling done in training. You know, it's going to be hard to get anything done. So, we're looking forward to that. Okay, well, Brian Dolan, as always, thanks a million. Okay, thanks, lads. That was Brian Dowland there, uh, Kilkenny Senior Camogie Manager. Uh, you could hear the disappointment in, in his voice there just when he was talking to Martin Quilty uh, that they, they didn't manage to qualify for a league final despite not losing any of their matches in the league campaign so far. Um, now we're going to take a quick break now but coming up in part three uh, we're going to be talking all things Six Nations so do stay tuned for that. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartskoda.ie. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartskoda.ie. Welcome back to Full Time with myself, Sinead Kyo. Uh, now, Ireland managed to na- nab themselves a bonus point in Twickenham on Saturday with a win over England. Um, joining me to discuss this now is former Leinster captain Chris Pym. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. How are you keeping? Absolute pleasure, Sinead. Yeah, all good. All good. Good. Um, so, yeah, so Chris, look, it wasn't the best Irish performance, but they managed to pull away with a bonus point. Uh, what What was your assessment of, of the game? Well, my assessment of the game was that, um, well, sorry, my assessment of the analysis after the game was very, very disappointing. And I thought the Irish pundits were incredibly hard on Ireland. Um, I think Ireland are trying to play a band of rugby that nobody else in the world is trying to play at the moment with this quick passing game out the back. Um, 
sorry. I might just get you to come a little bit closer to your, um, just if you, you, ha- you don't have it on speaker okay. at the moment, do you? Or if, if you can just, um, hold it up to your ear, maybe, sorry. if that's okay. Um, no, you're grand. Just, just, uh, yeah. Is that any better? Yeah, that's perfect. Go on, yeah, sorry, I don't know what's going on there. No, you're grand. Um, yeah, I was actually, that was something that I was going to mention to you as well. The, um, the analysis afterwards from, um, Eddie, Eddie O'Sullivan, it was fairly scathing. Yeah, look, he, he has no right to, uh, criticise Ireland the way he did. I mean, I just thought, I thought it was outrageous to be quite honest. I thought Ireland were brilliant. They, um, obviously got themselves into a bit of a pickle and I thought, they showed massive composure um, to be able to close out the game. And I thought, you know, I just thought it was an excellent performance. And, you know, while they are trying to play a very, very exciting brand of rugby, um, they also, when they had to, they knuckled down and they got stuck into the game. Yeah, there was a couple of mistakes. Yeah, there was a couple of things could have gone better. But, you know, you're playing England, who are one of the top sides in the world. And, yeah, they're going through a bit of a... um, you know, a transition at the moment, but I would certainly have settled for that scoreline at the start of the game, that's for sure. Yeah, and was there anything, I know, like, you're quite positive about uh, their performance, and, and I think most people, the majority um, of people would agree with you, but were, was there anything there, Chris, that you were frustrated by from a pers- well, look, performance yeah, I mean, perspective? I, yeah, I mean, England certainly got themselves back into the game, and obviously playing with 14 men and I mean Ireland had played against 13 the week before exactly even 12 for a few minutes against Italy so you know that in itself brings its own challenges because the structure on the field is, is changing and people are adjusting to what's in front of them so you know I yeah sure well um, England got back into the game but they got back into the game by kicking the ball up in the air and taking a bit of a chance and you know got a, got a bit of a break so I'm not altogether sure that um, England showed a whole lot, and certainly as regards teams that are building for the future, I would, I would much rather be supporting Ireland. Now, I suppose the big danger is that the brand of rugby Ireland are playing is really, really good, but we're two years out from a World Cup. Will that style of rugby still work for them in two years' time? Because everybody they have got used to defending against it, so that itself will bring its own challenges. But I mean, I think. Ireland have really, really progressed under Andy Farrell. I think he's done an outstanding job and chatting to any of the players who are involved in the setup, they are absolutely loving it compared to the what was a very much a stricter, more structured routine with Joe and Joe did obviously an amazing job for Ireland over time, but I think um, Andy Farrell is certainly bringing it to the next level and if you were to talk to the players, they are really, really enjoying it. So, um, you know, I think if Certainly of the two sides that are looking forward to next weekend, I think Ireland would be in a, in a, in a great place. I mean, I think, well, I think Scotland certainly huffed and puffed a bit against what is a struggling, um, Italy side as well. So yeah, look, I think there's a lot more positives than there is negatives. That's for sure. Yeah, and I think maybe a big part of it is that we have such high expectations for ourselves. You know, there's a, a triple crown possibly now, um, to play for, uh, like, you know, when we face Scotland now at the, at the weekend. Um, do you think our Andy Farrell had, had bigger ambitions than that though? Yeah, look, I think they absolutely started the season coming into, uh, on the back of 
outstanding November series would have fancied their chances of a Grand Slam. But, you know, the other best side in the world at the moment are probably France, who are also going through a a learning process and a building towards the next World Cup. So, I mean, they will be a massive force come the next World Cup. So, I think... Yeah, look, that was always going to be a challenge, but I think Ireland showed tremendous bottle in that game when they were down um, to get back into the game and, you know, didn't lose their composure and, you know, could have, but for a pass going to hand, could have actually snuck a win there. So, um, you know, I think that was actually, we showed a huge amount of composure and spirit in in France as well. And that was, to be fair, without Johnny, who is, such a linchpin of the side so yeah look I think there's a huge amount of positives come out of the season this year and I think hopefully we can build on it next Saturday and uh, so yeah we'll put us in a great place and on the back of that you have the under 20s who are going for a grand slam and you know so you know the picture is a really really good one Charlie Tector a good local Kilkenny College guy as well with man of the match the other night as well so I think from the 20s point of view and the way the seniors are playing and the 20s are trying to mirror that I think yeah I think we're in a really really good place Yeah and and wouldn't it be lovely to win the Triple Crown at home at the Aviva on, on Paddy's weekend as well it'd be it'd be amazing um, so yeah looking looking forward to that game now against Scotland um, in the Aviva at the weekend well listen Chris thanks so much for chatting to us um, chatting to us today and hopefully we'll, we'll catch up with you again soon Absolute pleasure. Anytime, Sinead. Thank you so much. Talk to you again. Bye-bye. No problem. Thank you. Thanks so much. Um, That was uh, Chris there, um, Chris Pym, uh, former Leinster captain. Uh, So I'm afraid that's all we have time for today on the show, Uh, but there's lots more sport coming coming our way over the week um, and actually on Paddy's Day as well, before I forget, St. Kieran's are playing uh, Ard Skullrish on on St. Patrick's Day at Croker at 4pm, so do tune in to that and and go ahead and, and show your support for the Kilkenny lads. Um, so we'll be dissecting, definitely be dissecting that on next week's edition of Full Time. Um, so that's all for now. Thanks so much for uh, staying with me over the last hour. Uh, the lovely Owen Carey is up next. So look, we'll chat to you again next week. Lots to discuss on the show um, with lots of sport coming our way. So we'll chat to you again soon. Look after yourselves. Full time on KCL or with thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at La Hearts, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartsskoda.ie.